yo yo what's going on it's connor here on the up before you podcast where we talk to all sorts of people who have one thing in common they get after it every single day i just want to remind you guys real quick that if you haven't already please subscribe to the show and leave us a five-star rating and a review the feedback from you guys means a lot to me it's awesome and i just want to thank you all out there for the support along this journey thus far you can also find us and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Up Before You One, and you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Okay, my guest today is Annie Sakamoto. Annie is a true CrossFit OG who found CrossFit at the original CrossFit Santa Cruz in 2004. Annie went on to compete at the CrossFit Games on a team in 2009 and as an individual in 2011 and 2012. In 2011, she won the Spirit of the Games Award. Annie is famous in the CrossFit world for her appearance in the workout video Nasty Girls on CrossFit.com with Nicole Carroll and Eva Twardokins. She also has a CrossFit benchmark wad named after her, which is, of course, called Annie. Despite all of her success and fame within the mainstream CrossFit world, Annie says that the true joy from CrossFit comes from the community. She enjoys working with athletes of all skill level, from the beginner to the elite. I truly hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And now, without further ado, Annie Sakamoto. All right, Annie, can we start out and can you tell me a little bit about yourself growing up, uh, some sports you played, kind of like your upbringing, where you grew up, stuff like that? Yeah, so I was born and raised in um, South Lake Tahoe, California, which is actually a, a mountain town uh, here in California. Um, so I grew up in the snow. Uh, my house was on a meadow, so I would just run around the, the, the meadow. Um, I played I played a good amount of sports growing up. I was never good at any of them, but I like to dabble in all of them. So I did a little bit of volleyball, I think, in eighth grade. I tried basketball in ninth grade. Um, when I was uh, a sophomore, I moved to Santa Cruz. My dad got a job in San Jose, and so we moved to Santa Cruz. Um, and I'm an only child, uh, and I didn't know a soul in Santa Cruz. Um, and again, I wasn't there. I didn't have like any specific sport that I'd been playing since I was six or seven. Um, so I decided to go out for the soccer team to see if I could make some friends. Uh, and so I played soccer for a couple years in Santa Cruz. I played um, water polo, and when you did water polo, and I had never even been taught how to swim. Um, so that was kind of a shock. Uh, but when you play water polo, you had to be on the swim team or the diving team. So one year I did swimming, one year I did diving. I think I pretty much kind of dabbled again with every sport except for softball. <laughs> really? Like all, yeah, all throughout your childhood and stuff? Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I'm not, I was never good at any sport. Um, but I just really enjoyed being on teams, uh, and I, I enjoyed participating in sports. So then did you, so you didn't go on to play sports in college, did you? Uh, my freshman year at UCSC, I did play water polo. That's probably the one sport I really did like and, and took to, um, but the, even that was not, um, you know, it wasn't super tough to make the water polo team. Um, but I, and I just had enough experience. So I did, I was like the B team for UCSC's women's water polo, <laughs> water polo team. <laughs> water, water polo is a tough sport though, isn't it? It is. It's super tough. I mean, outside of CrossFit, it is physically the toughest sport I've ever played for sure. Wow. Yeah. And where did you say you went to school? Uh, UC Santa Cruz. Okay. Yeah. So 
there's so many schools in California. Like, how do you decide where to go? Um, I toured a couple schools. Again, I was still new enough to Santa Cruz. I'd only been here for three years um, and really liked it. Uh, you know, I'd grown up in the mountains and always thinking I would be a mountain girl. And, and I think within the first two years of living in Santa Cruz, I just fell in love with the ocean and was trying to learn how to surf. Um, so I wasn't ready to leave Santa Cruz. The campus is beautiful. If you've never seen the UC Santa Cruz campus, it's um, unbelievable. It's in the redwoods and it has all these views of the ocean. And um, so my first year I went to school up there, I realized I had no idea what I wanted to do um, in life and, and in school. And so I actually uh, moved to Costa Rica with a couple of girlfriends uh, for about six months and just again I was just trying to learn how to surf and um, came back and and then did the junior college here in Santa Cruz because again I just had no idea what I wanted to do um, did a couple of years at the junior college here and then was like oh I think I should probably move to Kauai so I lived in Kauai for a year Wow. Um, and then you know towards the end of living there for a year my mom called and she was like hey look your dad and I want to help you you know, pay for college, but it's now or never. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to go to college, you need to come home and finish. Um, and I was luckily not stupid enough to, to know better. And I hung up the phone and called up the airlines and got a ticket home and then finished school at UCSC. Nice. And so then what did you do from there after school? So I started managing uh, on and off throughout all my years of being in Santa Cruz. I had worked um, at this steak and seafood restaurant here in Santa Cruz. Um, and I had done everything from hostessing, busing, cocktail waitressing, waitressing, bartending. Um, and, and towards the end, I was managing, helping manage the restaurant. So um, I was just managing the restaurant. Somebody kind of suckered me into, into teaching cardio kickboxing classes. I, had, I mean, I had no training. Um, and they just said, I think you should teach cardio kickboxing. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. Um, and so I was teaching some cardio kickboxing classes here in Santa Cruz and managing a steak and seafood restaurant. <laughs> and so after when you when you stopped playing water polo, what, what was like fitness like for you up until that point? It was pretty much just surfing. Um, and again, I, I've always been I, I've liked the outdoors. So, you know, I would go on bike rides, but not hardcore bike rides. Um, I was actually um, heavy set, I'll say, growing mm -hmm. up. You know, just uh, uh, I used to weigh like 136 pounds um, at five feet. It's not, yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't muscle. Um, but again, I was, I you know, I just like to to be active. So it wasn't until I went back to school at UCSC the second time, and and by then I think I was about um, 20 or 21. Um, and I, what happened was I, I took like a cardio kickboxing class up there, just as a one of the side classes. And I liked it. And that was really when I kind of started to get into fitness for fitness, mm -hmm. um, you know, because by then I was, quote unquote, kind of too old to play sports anymore. Yeah. So um, so I got into the cardio kickboxing and then that's when somebody else was like, well, you should probably start teaching it. And I started teaching it. So really um, up until uh, CrossFit, I was just doing cardio kickboxing and surfing. Surfing is really tiring. 
It is. And even now, like if I haven't surfed in a while and, and we go out surfing, you know, it was like, oh, you're going to kill it. But it's a, it's very sport specific. Yeah. And I, it's, it's exhausting if I haven't done it in a while. Yeah. Cause like you're, you're, you're always paddling out and then you come back, you get what you get thrown around by the waves and then it's just like, yes. you got to paddle back out and it's just tiring. Yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting and your shoulders get smoked. And, you know, if you haven't done it for a while, like even just your neck from holding your head up when you're paddling, like, you know, you start laying your head down. <laughs> on the uh, yeah, it is. Okay. So then cardio kickboxing, how'd you find CrossFit then? So I was teaching this class and um, there's a girl, Eva Tordokens, uh, who was, you know, pretty much one of the first girls ever to do CrossFit. Um and she's a two-time Olympic skier and she had been working with Greg and I knew her because years before we had taken um, a cardio hip hop class together um, that actually my not then but later to be uh, sister-in-law had taught. Anyway, so I knew Eva from this class and I uh, bumped into her. I think she came to one of my cardio kickboxing classes and she was like, hey, if, if you like fitness, you should come try CrossFit. And I had kind of vaguely heard about it because, of course, it was, you know, it started here in Santa Cruz. And I was like, eh, I heard people throw up and, you know, I'm fine with my kickboxing. This is just I'm, I'm as fit as I need to be. And she was like, no, 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 not everybody throws up. You should really come try it. So she said, I'll give you a personal training session. <clears throat> so I went in um, and did a personal training session with her and she gave me this workout. It was like three rounds of 10 deadlifts at 65 pounds, um, 10 pastors on a pommel horse, because the original gym, we had pommel horse, and a 400-meter run, um, three rounds. And uh, what, what is a you know, palma? What is a pommel horse? A pommel horse is what, um, in men's gymnastics, you know, it it's kind of that brown. It looks like a horse, and it has the two handles on top. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Okay, it, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah so okay. we had one of those in the original gym. Um and I did pass-throughs on it, like put, you know, legs through, legs mm -hmm. back, legs through, legs back. Um, and, and the 400 meter run. And uh, I was like, that, that was CrossFit. Like these guys should probably come do my cardio kickboxing class. That was so ridiculously easy compared to my cardio <laughs> kickboxing. And obviously, you know, Eva had just done the right thing and not killed me on the first workout. She really was smart about how she introduced me to CrossFit. So I got home and I told my husband, you know, I, I think I'm really good at CrossFit. I just did this workout. It was no big deal, um, you know, jokingly. And, and he's like, oh, I, I've actually done CrossFit before. Uh, he has, he's surfed for years here in Santa Cruz and, and a couple of him and his surf buddies had done a couple of sessions uh, with Greg years before that. Mm -hmm. He was like, I've done CrossFit. I'll, you know, I'll go do a class with you. And I was like, okay. So a couple of days later, we went into the to the original gym again, and we took a class. We we actually knew some other people that were doing it at the time, and um, it was a seven a.m. class. And uh, Lauren and Greg were both there, and so they they did this thing where they the workout was five hundred meter row, like fifteen kettlebell swings, thirty air squats. Um, the original gym had uh, a cargo net. So you, it was three trips around the cargo net and then 25 glute ham sit-ups. Um, and the way, and it was three, I think it was three rounds. 
and the way they kind of helped impart intensity on me, because obviously like when I did the workout with Eva, I wasn't chasing anybody on those 400 meter runs. So I was essentially jogging those 400 meter mm -hmm. runs. So the way they decided to kind of impart intensity on us or me was to stagger the start. So you were trying to catch the person in front of you, but not let the person behind you catch up to you. Um, and, and so, you know, three, two, one, the first guy goes three, two, one, the next girl goes three, two, one, the next person goes. And, uh, and I did all 75 glute ham setups all the way back, all the way up. Um, and the whole workout and, and was smoked. I mean that I was like, okay, now I get it. I didn't throw up, but I was like, okay. And the next day I was like, wow, my stomach is pretty sore, you know? And the day after that, my stomach was so sore. It was distended. Uh, I told my husband, I thought I had a hernia and he needed to take me to the hospital. I couldn't, you know, bend forward. I couldn't bend backwards. I couldn't laugh, cough, fart, sneeze, like, you know, make, yell. I was just destroyed. Um, and he, he was like, well, I don't know if we should go to the hospital. You know, I'm, let me go talk to Greg and Lauren. And they were like, please don't take her to the hospital. <laughs> um, and then after that, I was totally hooked once I healed up. And so then did you get into coaching right away? I didn't. Um, I just really enjoyed taking classes. Uh, my husband and I would take the 7 a.m. class Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I was still surfing a lot. And that was really like I loved CrossFit at the time, but surfing was still kind of my my primary sport, what I was really enjoying. Um, and then about six months in, um, Greg told me, hey, I'm doing one of the certifications or, you know, one of these seminars. I really think you should do it. And I was like, nah, I don't want to do it. And he was like, no, no, I really think you should do it. So um, I did it and it was, it was amazing. And, uh, and he's like, and I think you should start coaching. And I just had no interest in coaching for whatever reason. Uh, and uh, he gave me like a four o'clock class on a, you know, Tuesday or something. Mm -hmm. And I took it. Um, and within a few months, I was like, okay, I, I really like this. And what, what year was this when you got into it? Uh, 2004. Yeah. So you got into it very, very early. So yes. I guess how has like, what was the sport like then? And then kind of how has it changed? And do you like how it's changed? Yeah. So, um, you know, those original days, there was definitely a group of us. I mean, there was a lot of, a lot of people at the original gym that were, you know, 40, 50, 60 there. Um, it was great. It was super inspiring. There was this lady, Mary Conover, who uh, had been working with Greg for years and she was in her seventies and she was doing wall balls. And, um, and then there was a group of like Eva and Nicole Carroll came on right at the same time. Um, this guy, Matt Mast, Mike Weaver, Greg Amundsen. Um, and it was, it was really cool because it was almost like we felt like we were part of an experiment, but, a, but a really cool experiment, you know, is like what, what is the potential of the human body? Like what, how far can we push it? What can be done? Um, and so it was fun. It really felt like we were all pushing each other, but in a, a very supportive and um, healthy manner. Um, and I feel really fortunate that I was a part of those early years of kind of developing that idea of like, how, how far can we push this thing? Um, and then it, it's crazy to see how, how far it's come in such a short amount of time, because I would consider this a very short amount of time, you know, considering there's now an over million dollar prize purse and at the games, um, 
not that many years later. Uh, and I would have never thought that we would, you know, if you would have told me then like, yeah, it's going to be on ESPN and uh, blah, blah, blah. No, I don't think any of us would have believed you. Uh, but I actually really, I, I like where the sport has gone. Um, and it's, it's still never ceases to amaze me how much all of these male and female athletes are pushing the limits of, um, you know, what people thought was just completely impossible. Yeah, because that's yeah, that's really true. But you also you, know, you always hear people like there's a camp who likes the old days, and there's a camp who likes the new. Like you know, there's always right. in anything, but there's always people who like wish it was like how it used to be, and there's people who are like, no, it's great how it is. Yeah, and I would say that you could find me on either side of that argument on any given day. You know, it was kind of fun in the early days when you had a CrossFit shirt on, and somebody was like, "What? What's CrossFit?" and you tried to describe what CrossFit was. Um, you know, that kind of made, that made, made me feel special. Like I was a part of something new and different that nobody knew about. On the other hand, now, you know, I like going to the airport and seeing people with CrossFit shirts and knowing like, Hey, you know, that's one of my people over <laughs> yeah. there. I, I actually really like that. I think it's, um, something that's super unique about CrossFit, um, that there's kind of this bond that, that spans the globe. Yeah. And I think all the best stories always start with like gyms that started in someone's garage and then they grew to something oh, bigger. Totally. Um, and you know, there's a lot of, of things in our gym that we kept the same from the original gym, just the way we do things. And we're not a super glitzy gym. You know, we still have a kind of a grungy garage gym feel. Um, and I, you know, maybe that's partly of our way of kind of hanging on to the original days. Um, and we actually have a lot of clients at our gym that were at the original CrossFit gym, which is super special. Um, but I like where the sport has, has evolved to. I think it's, uh, I think it's amazing to see. And I think it speaks volumes for the community um, and our ability to, to kind of push this thing forward. Yeah. And so you got into coaching, then when did you decide you wanted to open your own affiliate? Um, so in uh, maybe around 2006, 2007, Greg and Lauren moved to Prescott, Arizona um, to kind of move their headquarters and they wanted to buy a house there. Uh, and so I was managing the gym um, and, but it was, it was really tough. I would like call Lauren, you know, from Santa Cruz to Arizona and say, Hey, we need toilet paper or call her. No, we, now we need to uh, paper towels or, you know, stuff like that. So it was kind of tough. And so between us and them, we decided it just wasn't working and it was time for, I think there must've been about 12 of us as trainers in that original gym too. So there was a good amount of us. And so we all just kind of realized it was time for us to break off and create our own gyms. Um, so I think three gyms, three or four gyms were really born from that original gym. And in great, uh, late 2007, there was five of us uh, that we just took a walk down the street and there happened to be this old Volvo repair shop, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, so it had, again, like I said, it had these huge roll up doors and just big open space. And we kind of walked in and it was 200 meters down from the original gym. And we were like, oh, this, you know, there could be a lot of potential here. Uh, <clears throat> so that original crew was um, Eva T, uh, this girl, Michelle Moots, um, Rob Miller, who was a pretty well-renowned uh, rock climber. Um, Jimmy Baker, who was one of Greg's original clients uh, in the 90s. Oh, geez. Uh, yeah. And then <laughs> myself. 
uh, so we had a pretty a pretty unique and, and cool crew that, that started our our gym. And then, so you went on to do a little competing regionals in the games. When you look back on your competitive career, what are some of the moments that stick out to you? Um, definitely the first year, 2011. Well, I, I did 2009. I did, um, we did a team, but that was kind of back when you could just sign up and show up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I really consider my first year, 2011, when I competed as an individual and, um, <clears throat> you know, that year forever, I didn't want to compete at the games. I thought that, um, the community would have some idea of how I should finish because I had been with CrossFit so early on. Um, and I was really nervous that I wouldn't do well and that that would disappoint the community and myself. Um, and in 2011, I, that was the first year of the open and we had a bunch of people at our gym who wanted to do the open. So, um, I was like, okay, well, as an owner, I should do the open with, you know, our gym and through the open, I ended up accidentally qualifying for regionals. And I was like, well, I'm not going to do regionals cause I have no intention of going to the games. Cause I was still just yeah. being a total chicken shit about the games. Um, so I, you know, a couple of people were like, no, you should do regionals. You made it. You haven't been training. You're not going to make it for the games anyway. So don't worry. So, um, I went to regionals and ended up in third, mainly because so China Cho and I tied for points, but I had won uh, the very first workout. So I, I basically won the tiebreaker because I had a first place finish. Um, and even still, I was like, well, that's fine because I'm still not going to the CrossFit games. And I hadn't said that to China or anybody else. And China walked up to me after regionals and she was like, you better go to the games. Um, and so I went to the games in 2011, uh, I ended up finishing ninth and, um, it was amazing. And, you know, even on workouts that I didn't do well at, you know, the crowd was cheering and they were erupting and it was kind of the realization, um, that it didn't matter how well I did, how, you know, where I placed, um, just that our community supports not just me, but everybody, regard, yeah. regardless of your outcome, they they really just appreciate the effort. And now do you, that, sorry, do you, that was, that was amazing. So do you think like, cause you mentioned earlier in like the earlier days, you kind of could just show up and make it and you obviously didn't train as much as they train now. Do you think if it was as competitive as it is today, you ever would have gotten to competing? I don't think so. No. Um, and a lot of that is because at that time, both my kids were really young. Mm -hmm. um, and so it just would have been really hard to to put in the time, uh, you know, to be at that level. Because, it, it, you know, for me, um, I don't just want to show up. I really want to do the best that I can. Um, and I feel like if you don't have the time to put in, um, it's hard to really be on top. Yeah. And like you said, like pushing the limits of what we can do as humans, like just looking at where the sports come from, like people used to, you know, you train for an hour or two a day. Now people are pushing four or six hours. It's like unbelievable what people are doing. Right. And then on top of that, you have to, you know, be doing body work and the, you know, you're stretching and you're yeah. this and that and all your meal prep. And, um, as a business owner and a, and a mother of two, uh, it would have been really hard. I think I was really lucky that I was in good enough shape at that time um, and few enough people doing it, competing at that level um, that I was able to kind of sneak in there. <laughs> and now one of your trips to the games, you won the spirit of the games award. What yep. did that mean to you? 
Um, I, that, it was amazing because again, it was the proof to me that, um, that one, you know, the community is just so supportive of, of us as athletes. Um, but that I, but to think that I represented something like that to the community was, um, was a huge honor. Uh, it, probably one of the best, my biggest accomplishments in CrossFit thus far. So now I have to ask you, tell me about Nasty Girls and how that all came to be. <laughs> um, so, you know, at the time, Lauren was doing a lot of the content for the site. And she was, she came up to Eva and Nicole and I one day and she was like, Hey, I have this idea for this video Saturday morning, meet me at the gym at, you know, 9am or whatever. And we're going to do this video. And I was like, okay, you okay. Um, and so we got there and we had no idea what the workout was going to be. And then she kind of broke it down. She told us what it was going to be. And we're like, okay. And I don't even think we warmed up for the workout because if you watch my face on the very first hang power, <laughs> I like have this shock on my face. And I think it was because I didn't even warm up the 95 pounds. Um, but we, so we did this workout, which, you know, we had done content for the main site before. Cause at that time, most of the content was really coming out of the original gym. Um, and I just didn't think it was that big of a deal. Um, and it went up and obviously it just blew up. And I remember coming home and at one point telling my husband, like, yeah, you know, this video is, it's got over a million hits, I guess now. And, and he goes, Annie, it's called nasty girls. People don't think they're getting a workout video. <laughs> I was like, Oh, really? Is that what it is? Um, but, and, and, you know, so, I mean, obviously a lot of what makes that video, that video is Nicole's effort, you know, again, speaking to, to my fears, about the games what makes that video is nicole's uh her effort and her kind of push through um at the end there when everybody else is done uh and i think it just um, it epitomizes like what we love about crossfit right um kind of that till the bitter end you'll fight it out um but uh, other than that i'm always still like i don't understand why that video is such a big deal <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's famous. Yeah. CrossFit, everyone knows it. I know, it's really funny. <laughs> so now, speaking of CrossFit and CrossFit benchmark workouts and stuff like that, when people do Annie, that's you. That's so me. What, <laughs> what is it like? <laughs> what is it like for you to have a workout named after you? Did you get to pick the workout? How did that work? I did not. I actually just turned on the main site one day years and years and years ago and saw Annie 50, 40, 30, 20, 10 double unders and sit-ups and was like, Oh, um, and yeah, I don't know if it was because I've always liked double unders and I've always hated sit-ups. Um, I'm actually really poor at ab mat sit-ups. Um, so I don't know if that's why, uh, you know, I got that workout, but it's funny, you know, then Nicole came out, which was, it, and Nicole's was because she actually found that workout on the main site. It wasn't called Nicole. She went into the archives. She did it. It totally ruined her. And so Greg reposted it, but named it Nicole. Um, and then, you know, Eva has a workout and that one's just nasty. It's like five rounds of 800 meter run and 30 
heavy kettlebell swings and 30 pull-ups. And so for a while I was like, well, why did I kind of get the like wimpy weak workout of double unders and sit-ups? Um, but throughout the years, I've had so many people walk up to me and say, oh my God, you're the first workout I ever RXed. You know, I love Annie. It's the first workout I RX." Although a lot of people are like, oh my God, I do it for a warm up all the time. I'm like, oh, brutal workout. Um, but I do like that because at least they have a, a happy connotation with my workout, right? Yeah. So what, like, why did you get a girl? Like, why did you get a workout named after you? Like, what qualified all of you to get one named after you? Absolutely no idea. No, just, yeah. <laughs> no. Just... I, I mean, maybe it was because I know Nicole has one and I know Eva has one. And, you know, it, it might have been... Um, just kind of the time that we put in in those early years and um, all, all the time we spent in the gym. Mm -hmm. That's all, that's all I can think. So now you're still involved. You still have your affiliate. You still do you still coach. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Every day. So now I guess it's years later. What does training look like for you in terms of CrossFit? Um, so I still have a coach, uh, Jason Lydon from Conquer Athlete. Like He's for actually you. Yep. Yep. Okay, yep. Okay. So he does all my programming. Um, and he actually, uh, he, they do the programming for the gym too. I love training. I hate, I, I love coaching. I hate programming. So he programs for our gym as well, but he does personal programming for myself. Um, and I, I really love it. I really love his programming. I love the, the communication that we have. Um, and I just really like, um, training. Like I really enjoy, um, you know, pushing myself. He's really smart too. He knows I'm, I'm 44 years old. He knows I have a lot going on. Um, so it's never like a grotesque amount of work. Um, but I really enjoy the training, whether I'm competing or not. So I still, I still put in a good hour and a half, usually five days a week. That's yeah. a lot still. Yeah, it is. Do you have any interest in competing at all now? Um, I think I would again for sure. I, you know, if the Rogue uh, Legends had had happened, I would have done that for sure. I'd gotten in uh, the invite for that. Um, it's a little bit tricky just because, again, my kids. You know, I have two kids. They're a little bit older, uh, so they're a little bit more self sufficient. My daughter's about to be a freshman. My son's about to be in sixth grade. Um, but you know, up until COVID they both were really getting into their own sports. And the thing for me was I didn't want to start missing their games or not being able to take them to practices because I was worried about my competition. I've had my years competing and, um, you know, I I'd like to focus on that for a few years. Do you think your kids will ever get into competitive CrossFit? I don't know. Um, they, you know, my daughter will do it. Uh, we have some stuff in the backyard and my daughter will definitely do it with me here and there. My son is much more of a, of a sport. Like he loves ball sports. He loves surfing. He loves skating. He's very sport driven. You know, he'll do some box jumps here and there. He'll deadlift here and there. But um, I could see my daughter moves really well. Um, and uh, I could see her maybe getting into it. Um, but I think my son is more of like a, a ball sport or a board sport. Yeah. Kind of a kid. Gotcha. Now switching gears a little bit here. What do you consider to be your biggest accomplishment in life to date? In life to date? To date, my, yeah. My kids. Oh. My kids and my family. That's it? Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, um, 
Yeah, kids and family. You know, we we've got we have a really great family unit. We like to, you know, we we all surf together. We uh, we even skateboarded this uh, parking garage the other day together. We you know we went wake surfing a couple of two weekends ago together. Um, so just the fact that we are such a strongly connected family, um, emotionally and on physical levels, like we really enjoy spending time together. Yeah. Um, and then beyond that would definitely be my gym, uh, the community that we've created. We, we get a lot of visitors. There's a lot of people that come to Santa Cruz and a lot, especially before COVID, we would have a lot of visitors, um, especially in the summer. And I can't tell you how many people have emailed me or told me before they left um, that it was the friendliest community that they've ever visited. Yeah. Uh, and so I really pride myself on, on that. That's awesome. Yeah. So now what is one thing that people about yourself that people may not know about you? Huh? Wait, I'm going to call a friend really quick. Jake, what is one thing that people might not know about me? You love to cook. I love to cook. What kind I of, do love, what do you like cook. to cook? Um, I, I, well, I'm, I'm horrible at baking. Um, but other than that, I, I love to cook dinner. I'm, well, I mean, breakfast and lunch too, but, yeah. um, yeah. And I, and I'm mainly paleo, although not super strict. We're probably like 70, 30. Um, but anything, anything from meat to veggies to breakfast stuff. Um, I, I do really enjoy cooking. So what do you mean? Bake is baking, like baking a cake. Like if you, you yes. burn the cake, if you made it, is yes. that what that means? Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> it's the, um, I like to follow recipes, um, although sometimes more just as guidance. It, baking, you have to be so exact, and I'm not good like that. Hmm. I had no idea that that was so technical like that. Yeah. yeah I mean, really, especially things like like cakes um, or pies, you have to be so exact. And um, I need wiggle room. Huh. So I, I like cooking. I don't like yeah. baking. Huh. Yeah, I thought you just threw a bunch of stuff in the pan and put it in the oven. You know. <laughs> Maybe if you have like a brownie mix, yeah, that'll okay. Work. yeah, okay. But if you're baking from scratch, yeah, it doesn't like, work. Like real baking, you're talking about real baking. Yeah, okay. Exactly. <laughs> Just, it's probably a good thing because I have such a sweet tooth. Uh, that I'm. It, it might be just like a self-protective thing mm -hmm. that I'm so bad at baking. And now anybody who listened to the first part of this, I think, will know, already know your answer to this. What do you do outside of CrossFit for fun? Um, I, I serve, uh, <laughs> uh, just any outdoor activities I can do, uh, with my family. Um, I have a, we have a dog that's just one. And so we take her down to the beach and to the park and, uh, for hikes. Um, so that, that's probably the main stuff. Gotcha. Now, what would you say is your biggest motivating factor or driving force in your life? My kids. Um, and you know, everything, I think it's so easy for us as parents to tell our kids, uh, what to do and how to act and how to be, um, I think it's a whole different thing to walk the walk, um, and show our kids how to be. And, um, and, uh, you know, my dedication to eating good and, and staying fit and doing things when I don't when, when something else would be easier. Um, but I know what, what's the, the better path for me. Um, I, I very much opt to do those things. And I, a lot of it is, I mean, a lot of that is self-driven, but a lot of it is I want to show my kids, um, that you can work hard and actually enjoy it. Mm -hmm. 
that it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be um, miserable to eat good yeah. or to exercise. Like these can all be things that are enjoyable. So you're saying that your kids drive you to be better in order for you to show them how to be or exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I, re- I just really want to be a good role model for mm-hmm. them. Now, before you go, what words of advice or words of wisdom can you offer to the listeners out there? Um, my, you know, I would say that the, the rule I follow is I am not crossfitting for today. I'm crossfitting for tomorrow. So I really picture myself doing CrossFit when I'm uh, 50, when I'm 60, yep. when I'm 70, when I'm 80. Um, and that means making smart decisions. Uh, you know, it means that sometimes I'm going to do less. I'm, I'm not going to RX something, whatever it may mean. I'm going to skip a day of training. Um, but I really want to do this sport for the rest of my life. Uh, and so I try to train with that in mind. Mm-hmm. Now, kind of this point you brought up earlier kind of goes full circle now. When we talk about pushing the limits of like what we can do as people, like we don't have enough data yet to know what that's going to do to you long term in terms of competing in CrossFit. Exactly. Exactly. And um, yeah, it it just especially at the level that it's gotten to in the last few years, Mm -hmm. uh, nobody else has done it before all of these athletes. So we don't know what that kind of wear and tear, um, how it will result in five years, 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, and, you know, watching the way most of the high level athletes move, I don't imagine that they're going to have super long-term negative effects from it. You know, I mean, you watch people like Matt and T and it's, you're, it's not ugly, you know, Mm -hmm. like that looks good. And then like, they know what they're doing. Um, but yeah, who knows what's happening to the nervous system and everything else. Um, so yeah, most important to me is to just be thinking about the long run. Yeah. It'll be really interesting. Cause like you said, they move well, but like your body only has so many squats in it or it only yeah. has so many, you know, whatever it is. It's just interesting. Totally. Cause it's such a young sport still, but it's gotten it, so hardcore and so professional. Yeah. I mean, we always joke, but it's not a joke that, you know, you look at somebody was saying they were watching, um, the chipper finale of the 2009 individual games. Uh, and, you know, I think the men's clean weight was 135. That's, that's almost a laughable female weight now mm-hmm. for, yeah. you know, and that was like a tough men's weight in 2009. And that's only 11 years ago. That's really not that long ago for it now to be like a featherweight for most of the females that are competing. Yeah, and you got like women consistently snatching over 200 pounds. It's like crazy. Mind blowing. <laughs> or, you know, I, I'm sure you saw what this, uh, what this guy Adam Clink did with yeah. the 500 pound back squat sub five minute mile. I mean, it like flies in the face of everything that everybody thought was, um, you know, you're either one or you're yeah. other. Yep. Yeah, but you're not both. And here he is like, oh, yeah, watch this. I know. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. Uh, and and I, I love CrossFit for that. But yeah, I think you're right. It, who knows what mark this will leave on athletes considering how new the sport is. And one last thing. So obviously CrossFit recently got sold. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think about like the changes that are coming? What do you think about the direction? What do you think about the sport in let's say five years? Um, 
it, you know, it's hard to say. I, I think we still need a little more time with um, Eric Rosa and, and just experience. I, I'm really hopeful. Um, I think uh, that was a really hard time for this community, uh, especially considering everything else that was happening in the world. Um, but I think that one of the things that makes CrossFit so unique is its community and our ability to um, band together and, and get through really tough things um, and help each other get through tough times. So I'm really hopeful uh, that this will just be a blip on the screen and that we will overcome this and be better for it. For sure. It's also a really tough time to like take over a company. When yes. The, the world's still, you know, whatever, all the stuff that's happened and just crazy times. Right. It sounds like his resume, um, if you look at it, he, mm -hmm. if anybody has the potential to do something like that, uh, it looks like it could be Eric. Um, so again, I'm, I'm super hopeful, but um, who knows? And, and who, who knows what kind of a mess he walked into as far as the yeah. HQ side of things mm -hmm. goes. Um, but I think there's a lot of us as affiliates, at least ones that I've talked to that, um, that are hopeful yeah. that, that are really happy that at least, uh, at least that piece has happened thus far, you know, that mm -hmm. there was a change in ownership. Yeah. And it's hard too. Cause like you're trying to write the ship or you're trying to plan the, for the future, not no with, with so many unknowns, right? Like not knowing what the heck's going to happen in six months or whatever. Right globally locally within the fitness community like who knows crazy yeah all right annie where can people find you and learn more about you um right here in my kitchen no uh <laughs> my, my, i'm mainly on instagram uh which is, my handle is at annie kimiko a-n-n-i-e-k-i-m-i-k-o um and that's pretty much the only place i ever am yeah. <laughs> outside nice. of my kitchen and my gym Awesome. Well, Andy, thanks a lot for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Connor. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Up Before You podcast. Thank you, everyone, and have a great day.